And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone and a very happy 2022. It is the new year and it is a new year for the Weighing In Podcast. We are happy that, you know, we've kind of had a break. Fights have been a little bit slow coming into the new year. We still have a little bit of a break going into the second week. But then things, the offseason will be gone in the fight world. And we will be back with a ton of new fights to talk about. We're going to talk about some of those today. Josh Thompson, are you feeling better in the year 2022? I'm always feeling better, John. I'm always feeling better. i got to be positive throughout my life. That's what I do. 2022 is a new me, new all that other bullshit. So this is what I am. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm ready for all this. Look, 2022 is going to be a good year. Um, I've decided to uh, see if I can go the whole year without drinking. John's going to have to hold me to that. Oh, you are lying. I know, I know. You are lying. I, I've made that decision. I will decision. make you break that habit I the know. first time I see you. And you, you, and, you, and, our, you and our producer, uh. <laughs> we're going to have some good times. But no, I, 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 I've, uh, I've wanted to see if I could do this. So I gave up coffee two years ago for the whole year, and I drank tea. And uh, as soon as the year was up, I went back to coffee. And then, But now, you know what's funny is you know, I'm actually here drinking a little bit of Phil's. You know, and uh, the and best coffee there. It is. is really good. It is really good. Look, the biggest thing with me though with the coffee situation is lately I haven't really been craving it, and so I don't really? know. Yeah, I don't know what it is, John. Like I literally like can only drink maybe a cup and maybe a and a small cup. I used to drink probably two or three of these a day. You know, the big ones. Now I'm like, nah, maybe just a cup in the morning and I'm good for the rest of the day. I don't know. Unless I've started going double shots of espresso though. Maybe that's what it is. Because I feel like I get the kick from the double shot of espresso a lot better throughout, and then I don't feel as full and heavy. I think after. So it's not that you're 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 kicking the caffeine habit. You're just you're doubling yeah. down on lesser lesser amounts with bigger yeah. percentages. Yeah, that's probably why people like in Italy <laughs> and other countries, you know, that drink a lot of espresso are so skinny. They they don't drink they don't drink as much coffee. They drink the espressos every time they go. Yeah, Keep some regular, you know. Keep some poop going right. <laughs> Keep the poop going right, buddy. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm I'm pumped. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a try, you know. And I, I may break. I may break it. I mean, I just said I had to say it publicly, so maybe I'm a little bit more committed to it. You know, um, <laughs> I did it for nine months, Josh, during the last pregnancy, and it really isn't that hard. So yeah, I think I think, I think once you get past, uh, like the, I think the first couple weeks. You probably can be able to do it. What's hard, though, John, is going to be with us because we do the show. And then at the end of the show, everyone goes out for a cocktail, you know, for a cocktail or two, you know. And so that's going to be, I think, the hardest part. I don't know if I'm going to last very long. I think the hardest part, Josh, is going to be the first social gathering yeah. where everybody's drinking and you're not because that's definitely where I had the biggest challenge. But, you know, especially when John is buying you drinks and pushing them in front of you. <laughs> what Just a drink with duels. Just drink with deals and you're good. Oh, you, 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 yeah. you drink that piss water. Hey, John, John, here's the thing. <laughs> Dave, this is the thing. John went through a phase where he kind of wasn't drinking a whole lot either. Guess what I he did, was, I have. He's just what he was drinking. Michelob Ultra. He would go through like 30 of them. And, he was like, <laughs> and the fact that he was still standing, I'm like, what doesn't do anything. It doesn't do me. anything. And then I actually jumped on the bandwagon for like two shows. I drank some Michelob Ultras and some Coors Lights. I was there like 30 beers deep going, what the <laughs> heck is going on? I, all I can do is just take a piss and it's like, it's all the, gone. I feel yeah. there's, there's no, there's no buzz. There's no, there's nothing. It's, yeah. It really is I like think. drinking water. So yeah. 
Yeah, John went through that phase when he was just talking about O'Doul's and drinking piss water. Well, there, what about Michelob Ultra? <laughs> what about? There's also a really good uh, non-alc whiskey that I was drinking during that as well. A um, non-alc whiskey. It's good. It has like the spice and everything, like they kind of burn, but it doesn't have uh, zero alcohol content. So it, okay, you keep hell. you keep that swine stuff away from me. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> blasphemy, man! Who wants to uh, who blasphemy. wants the taste of a whiskey See, without the effect I, I, of I would it? I would join you on your on your New Year's kick. Except I, I've been given a bunch of new bottles of whiskey mm. from my whiskey bar. I want to try them, man. Yeah, I, that's true. I, I would be I would be being not kind to people that bought me nice gifts. John, I'm already going into this in a bad way. You want to know why? Because I'm already thinking of a backup, <laughs> a backup, a backup uh, New Year's resolution. I'm trying to think of a backup. You know, I do need to get in shape. That's the other thing is I want to get back into like not fight shape, but I want to get back into physical physical peak looking shape you know i i know i'm very vain when it comes to you want to look good i want to look better than i look now because I, I i gotta be honest guys 2021 i used to walk past the mirror after i got out of the shower and go gosh he used to be a fucking athlete what happened to you look at your dad bod it's just taking over it's embarrassing yeah. it's embarrassing i'm starting to look like podcast dave it's just horrible it's just really really bothers me the fact that i look like this so 2022 uh, is going to be my my year to you know because you know like I'm you know I'm dispatching of I think you know some things and some things that take up a lot of my time and when that happens I'll have more time to spend you know really focusing on getting in shape and taking care of my myself and my body so that's something I'm gonna do uh, you know my body is a temple I want to make sure that I, I cherish it oh yes well I've seen I have seen you screw with that temple <laughs> way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, hey, guys, I think to start off this 2022 uh, year, what we're going to do is we're going to just break into the, the fight cards that are happening this January and things to look forward to and what fights to probably keep an eye out on. Just a couple. You know, so just a couple. We're not going to really break down every single fight. What we are going to do yeah. is going to pick out some fights you guys should keep an eye on Um, for these first. I believe there's three cards in this January card. UFC has two um, and then and Bellator has one. Uh, I, I'm not really sure what uh, I'm not really sure what other. um. What other fight cards are available from the PFL and other stuff? So we have to look those up. But as we no PFL doesn't start until March. Until March, that makes sense because yeah. that's when they start their new uh, their new, new tournament season. style, right? <clears throat> so yep. look, there's a lot of fights, and I think we're going to make a wish list. You know what we would like to see, what fights we would like to see, and all realistic fights, guys, not fights like cross promotion stuff. Sure, there's a lot. Of, we we can talk about that all day long. Mm. Let's talk about reality, the reality of what there fights we would like to see happen in the divisions in which they happen and, you know, and future fights for the full 2022 year and see that's, it's just so hard to say that 2022 year is I want to say 2022. Yeah. Yeah. 2022 also. 20, yeah, yeah. 22. So when we say that, I want to, I want to talk about the fights that we could potentially see and fights that we should definitely see and possibly happen. So those are the fights that uh, we're going to break down, but let's first get into um, the fight that's coming up. You know, let's, you want to talk about, the U.S. the the Bellator card is the one that's towards the end. Do you want to, let's talk about the? No, nah, we got to go with Calvin Cater's fighting Giga. Yeah, let's talk about Calvin Kikazi. Cater. That's that's the one right now. You got to go. Got to. that there, Dave? There we go, buddy. Okay, so yeah. that that first fight that's coming up, which is January fifteenth of twenty twenty two, that is Calvin Cater and Giga Chikazi. That's obviously look. No one needs to say anything. This fight should be a barn burner. It should be a great fight oh. on the feet. I think Giga coming off of his wins. I think he's got the 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 momentum breaking into 2022. He has the rise. Now, Calvin Cater may try to get a takedown or two to maybe mix it up, which I think he's going to need to also because I think Giga is going to be the better kickboxer. Now, the better boxer slash kickboxer 
in terms of technique and or not technique, but in tightness, I would give it to Calvin Cater. But Giga is going to probably have possessed the more power. The, the the way he mixes up his striking, very different, a little bit different of an unorthodox style. I'm going to lean towards Giga winning the fight, plus the momentum and the confidence, which we always talk about, is such key in, in the sport, period. Especially in combat sports where it's one-on-one. This is the scenario that I think their Giga is going to end up running away with this fight. But hopefully Calvin Cater makes, has, has a good showing. I'd like to see him get it back on track. He hasn't fought since the, the Max Holloway fight. That's right. He hasn't fought since that fight with that. He took a lot of punishment, a lot of damage in that fight. Kept coming. Tough dude. Unbelievable heart. That's good, John, that he didn't take any. It's good that he took all this time off. No, you're absolutely right. It's very good that he took this much time off. It's good for him to get away from the fight game, let his brain heal, let everything heal up on his body. All of that is good. But we talk about it all the time. Where's his confidence factor at now? And and it's not like, and this is the problem, look at Max is a specific style of fighter, a guy that's very good with his boxing, very good in the stand-up. Well, he's not taking on a guy that's much different. You know, and, and I can just say, you know, in being with Giga when he was in kickboxing and now where he, what he's doing in the UFC, if Cater does not, you know, and we've had these times where we, we've gotten into arguments about, you know, he, he this guy needs to at least look for the takedowns. He needs to at least force that guy into at least making him have to deal with it and think about it. If he doesn't do that with Giga, Giga's going to be much faster, much more confident, and if he's coming forward, he's going to be a problem. Now, Cater normally comes forward too, and so it's going to be who's the guy that's going to be able to eventually make his opponent start to be on the back foot. You know, Even in the Max Holloway fight, you saw Max had Calvin on his back foot a lot, but Calvin had his times he's coming forward, and he will, he will force that issue and make that happen. The real question is, can he deal with the speed and the variety that Giga, because Giga is very accurate, and that was one of the big differences. If you go back to the Max Holloway fight, Cater was not as accurate as Holloway. He missed a lot of shots where Holloway landed on those counters, and that's going to be the difference. And if that same thing starts to play out, how's Cater going to be able to switch it up, stop it, make it to where that doesn't continue on? Because if he doesn't, He's going to end up with the same result. See, I think Giga's got more power than Max. Max has got the output, you know, and he's good at judging the distance and the speed is there. But Giga has got the the bigger power. So this potentially could be a worse fight for him if he's getting touched up the way he was getting touched oh, yeah. up in the Max Holloway fight. So, But I think Absolutely. if he mixes it up, I think he's got a good chance of utilizing well, a little does. bit he's, of wrestling. He doesn't have to get the take. great fighter. What, when I, what we always talk about, John, is that, look, just because I say he needs to mix it up for him to get the win, what I mean is when he does mix it up, that will slow Giga down. Because like you said, when he fought Barboza, there was no fear of a takedown. And so yeah. when that happens, it, go, it, it allows the strikers, the dominant strikers, just to go ahead and let loose. They don't have to worry about it. They just got to keep their hands That's up right. in their defense. They know how to kickbox. Okay, but then they don't really. A lot of them don't haven't quite figured out how to kickbox and stop wrestling at the same time, and how to keep their stance and still let their combinations go fluidly. Well, if Calvin Cater mixes it up enough to where it keeps Giga guessing, then that will give that'll open up that split second, that opportunity for him to get the knockout or for him to get to him to get a drop or a knockdown and steal the rounds. So that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Like I'm not saying he needs to force the takedowns and pressure himself to get those, but to keep no, he doesn't Giga have to guessing. be in that position where he's working himself to death to get a takedown. That's not the idea. Yeah, the idea is he's got to work at making Giga respect the fact 
that at any moment he can be shooting in for that takedown. He can come in for the clinch. He can put Giga in a position where he's not able to flow with the stand-up like he normally does. Yep, I agree. Look, I, I look through this card. There's not a lot of fights on this this first opening card, which is common uh, that I'm not really too amped about. But the to me, obviously, I'm a big fan of Joaquin Buckley and then Al-Hassan. That should be a good fight. You and I were talking about what fights. We're just looking, and we're not going to break down every fight. What we're going to do is pick out the fights that you should probably try to keep an eye on that I think it might be good. And I think that that Al-Hassan fight versus Buckley fight should be a good fight. It should be. That should be a great fight. You know, Al Hassan has got power. Buckley's got power. He's strong. He's got great, you know, a variety of kicks. It's one of them's going to, I hate to say it, but it's like one of them's going to end up going out. <laughs> it's just that style of fight. And you just look at it and it's, it should be a great matchup. You know, the other one is you got, uh, Mikel Pajaya, who is, I mean, he's just remarkable that the guy can make the 170-pound weight yeah. class. He's huge for it, and he's going against Salikov. But the real question is, does he fight smart? Does he? <laughs> you know, exactly it. You guys, it's I'm like, shaking my head. No. <laughs> no. I, and it's You look and you go, yeah, man, You know, look, he's got all this talent, and he does some of the dumbest things during fights that you can do to burn energy, waste time, you know, to to try to look flashy, and he is flashy, but when it's not going to do anything in the fight or you're actually creating yourself a worse, you know, position to be in, he's got to fight smart. If he doesn't fight smart in this one, he's going to walk away with a loss. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think it's going to end up being a good fight. Muslim is good. Pahaya is not – he's just not going to fight smart. John. He's going to jump around. He's going to do all the crazy stuff he does, and uh, that potential is going to lead to either some takedowns or jumping into a big shot. You know, yep. and just being controlled and dominated from the top position or just getting clipped and knocked out. So, yeah. Uh, but hey, let's jump into the UFC. I think it has the next card after that, <clears throat> which is the That's... Francis Ngannou. This is a huge fight. Everyone keeps talking about it's the heavyweights. Of course, everyone talks about it. So Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gaon. Let's let's be honest. That fight to me is <clears throat> it's going to be a good fight, I think. But I just read something the other day that Francis Ngannou came out and said, look, Everyone's making a big deal about that training that training situation. Oh my god! It's like, but I want people Stupid. to understand. I remember. He's like, and I know, and and he goes, and he knows what really yeah. happened on that day. <clears throat> so when we're having that conversation, that we, I keep going back to the Allen Iverson quote because man, we're talking about practice. Now, there's a lot of things that could have happened, and I've said this several times. When I have been in training, right. When just myself is I could spar with and I said this about the Jermaine Durandamy a long time ago. I was getting ready for for Gilbert. I think it was the th the third fight, and it, I was exhausted. It was round five. I'd gone two rounds, I think, with Khabib, two rounds with Islam, and I like it was had like one round with. They brought in Jermaine as a stand up person just to kind of move around and stick and move on me, and she fucking spinning back kicked me right in the face, almost knocked me out. And I was so tired. So what I did is I picked her up and slammed her and just beat her up from there. Like just smashed her. I was like kicking her to the body. It was like ripping to the body, like ground and pounding. I was like, I was not pulling any, I was so mad, super pissed off. But there's been times where I, I mean like this, this is a classic case. You've gone four hard rounds with top yeah. level competition. And then you bring in someone who shouldn't be at your level and isn't not at your level, but you're exhausted and that you're not the same person. The same thing goes. I've been, tra I've traveled all around the world and grappled with people that were smaller than me. They weren't as good as me, but guess what? 
They've managed to you catch you in a submission. Things. You know, you let them do yeah, things. And you let them do things. But they also, but they, uh, there's also been people that have come out and they've caught you. It's okay. You've learned from that lesson now. There's, there's been, you know, there's been plenty of situations. This is one of those times where <clears throat> Francis Ngannou, I'm not saying that's what happened, guys. But I'm saying is that you cannot make too much out of practice. Don't make too much. Maybe Francis already hit mitts for three or four rounds. Maybe he also sparred two or three rounds before that. Maybe he's already grappled, you know, earlier. Maybe this is his second or third training session for the day where a serial gone maybe came in. It was his first training session. There's a lot of things that could have played into it. So don't read into this practice stuff too much. That being said, stylistically, Cyril gone is a nightmare matchup for Francis Ngannou. And I don't know if you agree. Do you agree with me or not? I do. You do. And now, and how do you agree with me? Do you think because of the ability and the athleticism to wrestle as well as press him to the fence and physical size, strength, those type of things? No, I don't. I don't think his wrestling is that good. Let's be honest. He's he's been uh, Ingano's been in with better wrestlers, and you saw that his wrestling has improved over time. His time with Extreme Couture, they've done a great job of you know getting him to understand how to anti wrestle at times and how to put pressure. Then you see instead of just backing off he was you know when he was going against stipe didn't back off actually came around the backside to the hips and started landing shots he's he's a much more confident fighter going in with you know a wrestler but a guy that can actually grapple now it's not that gone can't grapple he's he's actually decent when he's on the ground but his wrestling is not that good mm -hmm. and so is it something that Ngannou's really got to worry about I don't think it's something that he's got to worry about so much. He's survived with guys that are just as good, if not better, in the ground position or especially in the wrestling position. Where he does have to be careful is Gon is outstanding at being the guy that controls the distance. And if Ngano tries to load up and land the big shots and keep swinging and missing, it's going to gas him. And if he's swinging and missing and then gone starts to come on and just starts touching him and touching him and touching him more and more and more, it will add up and it will make a difference in the fight. And you will see gone start to run away with the fight. Yeah, I think that I think that everything you said is correct. Okay, and that tastes, and, and uh, that's not the way I want to start off 2022, okay, by telling you you're right, because it's just ruthless. It's just horrible. It's just going to add on between now and 2023. <laughs> Okay, it's going to be the head's already big enough. Grease the ears to get through the doorway. I understand all this. In my stuff. head, I had to I had to change the size. So, <laughs> I have no doubts about that. <laughs> None. The head keeps getting bigger, along with the nose it's and the bigger. ears. It just never stops. <laughs> never it's stops. all part of getting old. Um, yeah, I think that I think what he needs to be careful of, though, uh, Francis Ngano, he needs to be careful of getting taken down early. And I'm going to go back to what we talked about with um with Glover Teixeira. Over Blahovich, uh, uh, Jan Blahovich, Jan Blahovich. If he gets taken down early, once or twice, it could end up being a snowball effect because we have seen that Ngannou has a his conditioning is good, but it's not phenomenal. John, he uses a lot of strength. No. He's explosive. He's a heavyweight. He throws everything with a lot of power, and if he gets taken down early in this fight then I could just see it being a snowball. Like you said, he's going to start to run away with it. Then that will open up the striking in the second and the third and the fourth round. But I think if he presses uh, Nganu for a takedown and presses him to the fence, is able to kind of make continue to make him work and take him down and make him get back up and carry that body weight, the one thing that gone is, is I feel like athleticism in a younger body 
is uh, is favoring him. Now, I'm not saying that Ngannou is not an athlete. He we we can't deny that he's a freaking athlete. Okay, <laughs> there's just no way of denying that. But youth is on the side of Cyril Gon. <clears throat> and when you're talking about the mobility, the activity, the I think the conditioning of the size of his body, I think that that's going to favor Gon, especially as the fight goes on. So I think he's got to be very cautious. <clears throat> I think Ngannou is going to be very cautious of losing those takedowns early in the fight. If he can make him work super hard for those takedowns to the point where now it's easier for me to touch you, then I think Ngannou has got a good chance. But if he loses a takedown or two, I think Gon's going to start to snowball effect and just run away with the fight. Well, first off, I know Gon is younger. I'm not sure exactly. It's a couple of years. It's not that much. Yeah, I think it's, what is he, 31? Yeah, I think Gano's like 35. Might be 34. Oh, he's 30. He's 31. Cyril Gon's 31. Cyril Gon's 31. And, and Francis is 30. No, there's no way in Gano's 38. 35. No, yeah, 35. Okay. Yep. So... You know, they're, they're very close in age. The, the big difference, if you're taking a look at it, you know, they, they have fought the same guys, and you can look and say, well, look, Gon beat, you know, Derek Lewis, put him out in the fight where, you know, Ngano lost a decision to him in the worst, probably the second worst UFC fight of all time. It was horrible. But, yeah, but that's MMA math, and that's like taking a look at the training that you saw yeah. And taking a look at that tape and believing that that really means something, it means nothing. Yeah. The big, the big difference maker in this fight, if you're looking at it, you know, Gon can strike and he's got good power. He doesn't have Engano power. No. And Engano can land one strike, just you know, like we've seen in other fights where Gon can be winning the whole sucker, and one strike ends it all very quickly. Yeah. And, you know, you can go and take a look at Cyril Gaon and say, well, he's fought in like, you know, guys like Rosenstruck, who he went the distance with, but Gano got rid of, you know, in seconds. Yeah. You know, let's just be honest. So the, that's where the, the, the math doesn't work. You've got to look at and say, what is it style-wise that makes it to where Cyril Gaon can win? What is it that style-wise makes it to where Francis and Gano can win? And I, I truly believe if Cyril Gaon isn't able to keep Francis towards his back foot and stepping away or trying to follow instead of head off. He's got to cut off the footwork. He's got to cut off where that angle's at. If he doesn't do those things and he starts to follow Gon, you're going to see Gon running away with it. That's true. Um, okay, so now the co-main event on that fight is uh, Figueredo versus Moreno, which is a, re which is a rematch. For the third a time, rematch of a rematch, a rematch of a rematch, which I have no go. idea why they gave him the automatic rematch. I don't it drives either. me absolutely crazy. It wasn't on as this if one. Like, it does. Yeah, it does. It wasn't like as if the fight was close, and it wasn't like he was a you know. And this is the, the whole thing. Many times, you know, you, you you take a look at you know. Okay, you got Amanda Nunez just lost to Juliana Pena. They're saying, oh, you know, she should get an automatic rematch. I'm okay with that. She was the champion for that long. I'm okay with her getting that automatic rematch. But if you're looking at, you know, Figueroa, he wasn't, it wasn't like he was the champion for that long. Yeah. You know, he had the, he had his first uh, fight was against Alex Perez, I believe, mm -hmm. after winning the title. And then he, you know, he gets a win there and then he, he gets a no contest with Brandon. Then he loses to Brandon. It's yeah. like, well, you didn't have this great run. And let's be honest in the first fight, 
he was the guy coming on at the end of it. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that was taking over the fight, and then he definitely took over the second one, and he finished you. John, I, I think, think he beat Benavides for the title last February, he, and and then rematched him, and then fought Alex Perez, right? No, 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 no. He didn't. He he, he fought Benavides, but he did not make weight, so only Benavides could win the title. He mm-hmm. beat Benavides, right. and he couldn't be the champion, so they rematched him again to make it a title fight he made weight and he won the title in the second fight against joe benavides hmm. so yeah I, I just look at it i honestly brandon marino is getting better every fight the kid is getting better and better he's got the right outlook he's got the right attitude and he's not a part of this is and when i say afraid it's not that fighters are afraid they're afraid of looking bad it's not you're afraid of the person across from you, but you're afraid of that person getting something that all of a sudden makes you look bad. He's not. He doesn't have that worry with Figueroa. He's been in there too many times with him. It's like I don't have no worries at all. Well, that's why some of your best fights are become <clears throat> when they become rematches because you guys know each other. You guys understand each that's other. Right. Like I feel like that's I, I was blessed enough to have a nemesis in in Gilbert Melendez. The reason being is because we had trained together for two two and a half years before we had had our first fight. And so that expectation in that first fight was that we knew each other. There was no really no filling out process, and he was never a filling out process type fighter no. either. So the way he very came across, starter. he's a very fast starter. He came out and tried to just bully you around. So I think in this type of fight, you're going to see a good fight, but I think Moreno's yeah. going to walk away with it again because I agree. I agree. he has been he's been proven to, to basically get stronger as the fight goes on. And with your confidence, the way his confidence is right now. I just had this conversation when we did our Q&A a couple days back. And when I said, what is the number one thing, John, that if for a fighter going into their fights, if it, 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 to me, it's believing in yourself. It's that, yeah. that mindset. He has that. He has that right yep. now. Like you said, he, he doesn't care whether he looks embarrassing in one situation or the other because he knows it's a five-round fight. And all he's got to do is just win the next round, win the next moment, win the next exchange. And that changes yeah. everything. His confidence is key, but that comes with winning, and he continues to get better, and he believes in himself, and the way he the way he carries himself, you see him doing all the weird, funny stuff cage side, you know, it's very, it's, you know, it's just fun. It's playful. But he's very playful. He just, you know, no matter how you look at him, he, does, he doesn't take into consideration what other people think of him. As guy's what got Mickey gather. Mouse tattooed on him. I think it's pretty cool, man. For his daughter. I think he's pretty cool. So <laughs> I think, I think he's, he's someone that I think once he gets through this, He's going to move on to the next chapter. I mean, that's what's nice about it. I don't understand why they gave Figueroa the rematch. I felt the same way about Whaley Zhang. She shouldn't have got the rematch against Rose. I don't think that that should right have happened. Not right away. That shouldn't have happened. Now, I understood the Joanna one when Joanna got her rematch because Joanna yes. had been a longstanding. She had no one had really even come near her, touched her, and Rose right. you know, got the win. And then it was you know the way she won in the first round. Okay, look, it happens. You get, you get clipped. You get knocked out. It just wasn't – things change. But the, there's been times where they've made these decisions, and I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, it, it wasn't like as if the fight was closed, and it wasn't as if like they were a longstanding champion that had deserved to get an automatic rematch. That's what I didn't understand. So in this situation, he wasn't a longstanding champion. I think Brandon Moreno should have been able to move on. But for us, we're going to see Brandon Moreno in the cage again, and I think that's a lot of what people want to see. His energy, his enthusiasm, his, his fun, playful spirit, and the way he fights is just amazing. So I'm excited to watch him fight again. This is going to be yeah. one of those fights to keep an eye out on. 
Um, let, go back, go back, Dave, to that card again, though. There's one other fight on here I thought I want to. I want to. Obviously, I'm going to bring. Evloev versus Tapuria. That's the there fight. Okay. Man, that's a good one. Is that the one you wanted to talk no, about? No, that's not the one. I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to go with uh, Nurmagomedov and Cody Stamen. That fight to no, me you're is going to be a such fun a fight. Homer. <laughs> that is not as good a fight. It's what? not even close as a it good fight. It should be a good fight, though. It oh, be. no. Evloff versus Tapuria. That okay. is the fight. That one is, look at, did you did you watch Tapuria in his last fight? Yes. Well, I mean, he dismantled Ryan Hall. Yeah. A guy that everyone was, uh, you know, talking about all these things. In fact, Kenny Florian had picked him as a guy that could beat Nurmagomedov, you know, as you know, and it's like he just. I like Kenny, but Kenny, come, slow the road, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> just slow down, buddy. I love Kenny, man. Kenny's a Kenny's great. He's but, a good guy. Yeah, man. every every now and then we all come up with one. We go, yeah, we shouldn't have gone with that one. But. Yeah, yeah, no, I've been on the other side of that several times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to sit but up to here and say that we haven't been on that side, John, is just ridiculous. Oh, no. We've we've yeah, picked yeah, some yeah, with our hearts yeah, sometimes a couple times. That's so, sometimes we open our mouths and then later on go, God. what the hell were we what thinking? What were we thinking? But, I, I mean, Evaloff is so good. Undefeated, I think, at this time, isn't he? I think he's still undefeated. I think Tapuria is undefeated. Yeah, they're both un, they're both undefeated. Hello. That is the fight. That is a great matchup. That is one that should be fantastic. And this is going to move I don't are they they're are they they're in the top 15. They're not in the top 10. So that it's going to be moving them up too. Are they in the top they're in the top 15. It'd be featherweights. Go to the other list. There you Evolove, go. Evloev. Yeah, Evloev is 13. 13. Tapuria is not even on there. Nope. Yep, he's not on now. Wow. See, I this mean, is, this is a big fight. What a one's fifteen and zero, I think, and what the other one's twelve and zero or eleven and zero, twelve and zero. So fifteen and zero is uh, Evelev, and then Tapuria is eleven and zero. Someone's yep. always got to go, baby. Someone's always got to go. That's the fight, though. That's going to be a great match. We're going to talk about that fight as far as some of the things that uh, both guys do and what they need to be successful. But that's going to be a great matchup. All right. Well, hey, now we're going to jump into the Bellator card, uh, which is coming up at the end of January. These are the shows that are available in January. So we're just picking out some of the top fights that we feel like you should pay. You should try to keep an eye on. <clears throat> um, look, for when I look at this card, sure, you've got Moldovsky and Ryan Bader. You know, it's a unification. Moldovsky's the interim champion. You got Ryan Bader as the champion. He was away doing the light heavyweight World Grand Prix. <clears throat> and then that came up short. So now he's back at the heavyweight division. He's going to defend against Fedor's boy. Uh, Valentin Moldovsky. That's not to me. I feel like it's not a good fight for Ryan Bader. <clears throat> Stylistically, the wrestling is going to be key. But Moldovsky is someone who puts the pressure. He's he's hard to take down. Ryan's going to have a hard time on the feet. He's going to have a hard time as well because the pressure of Moldovsky and the size of Moldovsky. They're both smaller heavyweights. Yep. But we're going to see because Ryan Bader he fought at light heavyweight, so he had to keep his weight down. But now hasn't really had the time to put the weight back on that he that he had originally put on back when he was a heavyweight champ. But this is what I was talking about all that time when I was saying, don't go down to light heavyweight. Yeah. Let it go. Stay at heavyweight. Maintain that good size that you are now comfortable with. You're not still not the big, big guy, but you're the faster guy, and it's solid weight now, and you're comfortable with it. And it just all works against you yeah. jumping up and down, going back and forth. I just don't believe it's an easy thing for someone to do. Now, they just announced uh, like a day or two ago, they announced Benson Henderson versus Islam Mamadoff. Mamadoff. 
Should be a good fight. Mamadov's going to try to get the takedown, try to control the top position. I've trained with Mamadov several times. He's one of my main training partners for uh, my Gilbert, my third Gilbert fight, and some of my other fights as well. When I was went into Bellator, he was one of my main training guys. Phenomenal, phenomenal fighter. You know, um, he was in the PFL. I believe he was in the finals uh, one of the times for the for the thing for the tournament. Benson coming off of a loss and. Benson coming off a couple losses. Yeah, yeah, he's coming off. But you know, here's the thing though with him, he just isn't fighting smart. Like he, not, I shouldn't say he's not fighting smart. He's not fighting. In, he's just taking whatever fight. So the the fight with Jason yes. Jackson was not a good a good idea. No, not a smart decision. <clears throat> and I don't, I have no idea why he took that fight. And now the fight with Brent Primus was he just another wanted fight. To fight. Yeah, the fight with Brent Primus was a was a decent fight. They were both after it, but the problem is though, is just stylistically, you know, it wasn't a good fight for him. The takedowns, the wrestling, the control, all of that type of stuff. He just it just wasn't a good fight for him. He's got to push the pace and the action a little bit more. That fight to me, when I go go back to the card there for me, please. <clears throat> that fight to me is <clears throat> it's a good co-main event, but it's not a great co-main event. We talk a lot about Aiden Lee and then Henry Corrales. Oh, Aiden Lee is a stud. He is someone that. <clears throat> had one of the be- one of a really great fight against Aaron Pico didn't go his way but I'm simply saying like he showed a lot of heart in that fight a lot of activity he's no quit no give up he's tall long and lanky for the weight division at 145 he's got f- hand- fast hands he utilizes his kicks but when I look at this card John there's only two fights that I am really really pumped about just to be honest there's only two fights. Yeah. Jaleel Willis and Sabah Hamasi. That's the fight that yep. I'm like, super excited to watch because Jaleel Willis is a freaking stud. And then Sabah Hamasi, someone who just always brings the fight, goes out on his shield or he or he just puts you out on your shield. He'll do one <laughs> of the two. Those That's the way he fights. His fight with Paul Daly last year was one of the best fights of the year, hands down. It just got overlooked yep. by some of the f- title fights that were ahead of them. That's all. Yeah. So yeah. that fight, and then, of course, I'm going to go back to being a homer because Romero Cotton is my boy. I help train with Romero Cotton. I help hold mitts for him, help work with him on game planning, things like that. But he's fighting. Cotton versus Rasta. Yeah, he's fighting Dalton Rasta. Both of them are undefeated. Both are 5-0. and Both of them come from good camps. Cotton comes from AKA Rasta comes from um, American top team. He trains with a lot of guys that are undefeated right now as well. You've got Austin Vanderford who's undefeated. You've got uh, Yaroslav Amosov who's undefeated and you've got Johnny Eblen who's undefeated. Dalton Rasta trains with all three of those guys out of American top team, as well as all the other guys that, that are in the UFC as well. He trains with them as well, but that fight right there between the two of them, I'm pumped for that fight because when I look at those two guys, John, stylistically, they're very similar. I'm going to give the edge to Dalton Rasta on the feet, but I'm going to give the wrestling. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give the wrestling and the strength. I know it seems very hard to say that, but the strength no. and the wrestling to to Romero Cotton. He is the better wrestler. I think he is going to be the stronger fighter, and I think he possesses more power than Dalton Rasta when it comes to the feet and the ground and pound. But the conditioning scares me a little bit. He's got to make sure he's in shape. That's what we've been focused. That's what he's been focusing on this camp is making sure he's in phenomenal shape. And then Dalton Rasta, he's not also he's not also a world beater when it comes to cardio, you know. And when yeah, I yeah, but he's got. Hold on, you got to be honest. Yeah, you're talking about the beginning of his career, yeah. and now since he's been an American Top Team, he has not had a problem at all. Yeah, he has been solid throughout. So I can't go there now. With Rasta, he has shown that his conditioning is on point. And so there are, but these guys have, you're, you're absolutely right. Romero Cotton, even though Dalton Rasta is called Hercules and looks like Hercules, 
I think Romero Cotton is one of the strongest individuals in the 185-pound weight yeah. class there is. He is a monster when it comes to physical strength, and you watch him sometimes physically pick up guys that you go, you should not be able to pick up a guy from that position, and he can he can yeah. do it and put them on their head. So he is unbelievably strong. You're right about the conditioning. It is a factor with Romero, but part of the reason it's a factor, and you know this, is he uses that strength, mm-hmm. and he sometimes goes to the well too often, and it starts to gas him, and, and that's something he's going to have to yeah. really have in his game plan. That he, There's times to turn it on. There's times, man, let the technique roll. Yeah. So the stand-up is the real question. I do believe Dalton Rasta has got cleaner stand-up, more technical stand-up. It's not that, that Romero doesn't have power. He's got power, but it's not as clean as Dalton, and if no. Dalton gets into a technical fight with Romero, where they're on their feet, neither guy's really going for the takedowns. That's going to lead toward Dalton Rasta having a better fight. But this is a this is a it's a matchup of two guys that they're monsters, and it's going to be which savage you know is able to get it over on the other one. Well, happy 2022 to everyone out there. It is the beginning of change because everyone is always trying to better themselves and have new good habits for the 2022 year. Well, we have. Fume. That is what Josh and I love as far as being able to quit smoking. This is the fume prominent. All you need to do to become healthy, get off of smoking, get off off of the vaping, and you can still kind of have that hand-to-mouth feeling is with fume. This prominent right here, this beautifully crafted wood prominent, you can see that I have a core inside there, and all you have to do is inhale that core. You'll feel the same effects but you will not be doing something that is unhealthy for you. Everyone wants to get healthier in the new year. This is a way that you can do it for yourself or you can do it for someone that you love, that you care about, getting them off of that nasty smoking habit or that nasty vaping thing that they're doing. It's just not good. All you have with fume is natural essential oils, things like peppermint and cinnamon, fantastic flavors that just kind of open up your sinuses make you feel pretty good and it's nothing's bad you can do it on a plane you can do it on a car on a boat it doesn't matter in front of other people you will not affect them at all because there's nothing bad coming out of this fume prominent if you go to breathe fume and fume is f-u-m slash weighing in you can get 10 percent off on your purchase by using the promo code weighing in go to breathe fume slash weighing in and you can get one of these great prominence they come with maple this is the holiday series of olive wood it is beautifully crafted it is a fine product and it is something that josh and i both really believe in give it a try give it to someone that you love and make them have a healthier 2022 the reason why and i'm not just saying this because i i work with romero cotton i just think in a three-round fight i'm gonna favor romero because of the wrestling the wrestling pedigree, as well as the strength and the ability to, I think he's going to be able to out-wrestle Dalton Ross pretty easily. Now, I agree with that Dalton Ross is a good wrestler, but he's not on the level of, of Romero Cotton when it comes to the wrestling aspect of it, whether it's the inside trips, whether it's the double legs, whether however you want to call it. His technique is superior to Dalton Ross's when it comes to just the wrestling aspect of it. But this is not just a, it's not a wrestling match. It's a fight. And so he's got to make sure that he stays composed. Now, on the feet... <clears throat> Romero is going to have, I think he's going to be faster. 
explosive wise with the speed of his hands. Now he tends to open up a little bit more when he throws, which obviously we've been trying to tighten up. <clears throat> say that. Say that again. He, he tends opens to open up a up lot with, more. Yeah, he does a, a lot, lot more. Not he does. More. Okay, so we're there trying you go. to get him to keep a little bit tighter throughout this camp. That's one of the biggest things we're working on, and just moving his head offline as he throws. And I think if he okay. can do that, if he can cover yeah. that distance, utilize his wrestling as well as let the hands go, he possesses a ton of power. I don't. Oh, think, he does. He's I don't, strong as hell. The only other person that I've ever had that I've had to hold for in terms of for kicks, and he's not a kicker, but he can kick like a freaking donkey man it hurts the only other guy that i've ever had kicked that hard is luke rockhold when i'm holding for him. i'm like geez it's like i've had yeah. bruises on my forearms through double tie pads through kick shields he can kick now is he going to utilize it this this fight i don't know it's up to him when he gets in there and fights but the overall i think that fight to me stylistically it makes for a really fun fight both of them are five and zero. Oh. it's going to be a fun fight to kind of see who's going to make that next step into that top five top six top whatever it is into the into the conversation about the title but that, that that's the fight to me to watch out for that's a sleeper the sabaha masi and jaleel willis fight i think is another good sleeper on that card uh what other fights on here are you looking for I think the Caldwell versus Barzola fight you know enrique used to fight out of aka there is he, i don't i don't think he's still there but he used to uh train at aka a lot and stuff and he's he's good he came out of the uh the ultimate fighter series from latin america and stuff and uh he the guy he's got no quit in him he doesn't have a ton of power uh but caldwell doesn't have a ton of power either but caldwell's got the dynamic wrestling and the ability to control the fight so barzola cannot find himself being taken down and accepting the position he's always gonna have to be trying to work his way out of it but that should be another great fight this is um this uh, look when you look at Darian Caldwell, it's a must win. There's no doubt about yeah. it. It's a must win because here they want nothing more than to put him in as an alternate for this Bantamweight tournament. Sure. The problem is you can't do it off of these losses. You can't do it off the fact that like you haven't looked good. And so you've got to make sure that we get him in because I mean, he's, he's a multiple time champion at Bantamweight, you know, and he went up to 45 then came back down to 35. He's got to make that decision and it's tough for him. You know, his stylistically, his body, you know, he's big and tall, but he does, he doesn't carry the weight or he hasn't taken the time to put the weight on properly and carry himself. I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it, but he's got all the ability, all the talent. You talk to anybody who's ever worked with him and, and trained with him. He he's, his ability is impressive, but when it gets it, when he gets in there, it's just like, damn, it's like I think he puts so much pressure on himself that he just doesn't have it left. He doesn't have anything left in the tank after that yeah. first round, round and a half. So, um, yeah, th those are there's gonna be some fun. Let's let's real quick. I've got to we've got to do the honorable mention to big to big tuna. Let's go Ben Parrish. Let's the go big ben tuna. <laughs> so he's uh, he's got a tough one. He's tough though, and people we, he we, is tough. We didn't give him a lot of credit, John. We we did. We said he was good, but we didn't give him a lot of credit credit against uh uh. uh Christian, uh, come on, Christian Edwards. Christian Edwards. I was gonna say Walker. Christian Walker. Christian Edwards. <laughs> Christian Edwards. We didn't give him a lot of credit. We we're like, oh, you know, Christian Edwards should walk away with this. He should touch him up. He should be able to use his athleticism. He walked right into a to a combination, and it was lights Beautiful out. It hand. was done. It was yeah. done. Look, he doesn't look the part, but he's five and one. He's got a good record. He's a dog. He is. He's, and so, the, he's a gamer. Look at the one. The one fight that he lost. Is a fight that he kicked his opponent and broke his own leg. No. You know, a la an Anderson Silva, a la, you know, a Chris Weidman. Got it. Same type of thing. So that, that's his only loss. And he, that, we, we, all, 
when we do when we do our work, you know, we both say we watch fights and we watch these guys and stuff. And, and I, you know, I go and I start watching all of his fights, and I go, you know, this guy does not. He doesn't have the body that people want to see, but goddamn, he can fight. He's starting he's to look tough. like Josh Thompson right now, and <laughs> and, and he's really. The, you know the part where he was really good he's really good on the ground too yeah. he moves very well for a big guy on the ground you look and you go hey the guy can fight yeah yeah the, the, those guys are deceptive man like when you look at people and we've seen guys before in the past that have that body style Cain velasquez you know i mean he yep. had that body style everyone's like oh my god he doesn't look the part yeah but the guy had he was yeah a but dog. he had that cool brown pride tattoo and yeah. that just made up all the difference yeah, right there. It did. <laughs> He was a dog, man. He's just someone. He, oh. That guy didn't know how to skip a workout, and I think it shortened his career because of that. He but was, it was, you know, it's it's part of what what was his strength? What made him who he was? Was that that engine? Yeah, this guy could run at an RPM and maintain that RPM that nobody else could stay with. Yeah, but it was also to get to that point. That's what broke him down. Is he was always training and he was getting hurt getting to that level that you know yeah. he felt he had to be at so you know it was a it was a a beautiful thing and a and a horrible thing all in once because it's kind of what led to the end of his career yeah you guys if you guys don't know the story on Cain Velasquez let me give you a little insight <clears throat> you know there was we had we had Mike Swick uh John Fitch Josh Koshik myself we were all like guys that were considered the top guys Rockhold really wasn't making a run just yet. You know, you had Trevor Prangley, Phil Baroni were still at AK with us as well. They were kind of doing their thing as well. <clears throat> During that time, f media guys would come in to film, uh, to like interview, you know, John, myself, Swick, or Swick, you, or, or John, you know, or Koss or whoever. They'd come in and they'd be like, "Hey, you see Paul Bonatello in there sparring with, you know, with uh, with Kane." And no, no one had ever heard of Kane. They were like, oh, yeah, we knew he was a wrestler. But here he is piecing up Paul Bonatello on the feet. So Paul would do two rounds with them, and then Paul would go out, and then Mike Kyle would come in. And he'd do two rounds with Mike Kyle. Mike Kyle would be tired, and he'd go out. And then somebody else <laughs> would come in, and he'd go with Christian Wellish, who was in the US, UFC also. Yep. He'd go through all these guys that were in the UFC, and he was just doing round after round after round. And finally, Javier's like, okay, Kane, five rounds, go ahead and hop out. But he would do a fresh guy or a new guy every two rounds or every one round, and they would just recycle them in over and over and over. And they would take one guy would do a round, one guy would come out, and then one other guy would go in. They would do a revolving door. And that was how he kind of exploded onto the scene. People, people didn't want to fight him because they had started hearing about him in training. And the media started talking about him. And that's how Dana White found out about him. He had his first fight in Strike Force in Fresno. He fought, you know, he fought there, had a dominant win, you know, and and then after that it was like all downhill. No one could get him we couldn't get him fights. Yeah, we had to go to Russia. He went to St. Petersburg for Bodog. I yeah, think. he fought in Bodog for I think one or two fights he fought in Bodog. And then after that, he was able to finally get signed by the UFC. But there was just nowhere else for him to go. I mean, he was like no one wanted to fight him. He exploded on the scene. People just saw the engine in him. He was a guy that would hit mitts for, you know, 30, 40 minutes straight, and then he'd go and then he'd hit the bag for another 30, 40 minutes. Then he'd do a thousand kicks on on the double end bag or on the on the uh the we had two big bags that were against the wall, and he would just step between each bag. He'd do a five hundred kick on right leg, five hundred kick on the left leg. I mean, he would just do that on a daily basis. He was a stud, man. He, he just didn't know how to not work hard. And that's how he kind of exploded onto the scene. Absolute yeah. animal. Um, all right. Well, hey, Dave, what else you got for us, buddy? All right. Well, so 
one other thing we we're going to do uh, today um, is we're going to look at the current rankings, pound for pound, mm-hmm. divisions, however you however you guys feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is total like open forum, but um, we want to look at fighters we. Th- Fighters, we think, have an opportunity to really make a splash next year, both in Bellator and in UFC's rankings. Um, and then also divisions that you think have the potential to really uh, light some fire uh, next year. The only division I'm excluding is the Bantamweights because we've talked so much about them the last few months. Yeah. Hey! So, yep. so you, you can't guys, take away my Bantamweights. Yeah. Well, you've already <laughs> said it's the best division in the sport right now. Yeah. Um, so let's, All right. let's give them a break. Yeah, get rid of those and, guys. And let's uh, and let's look at so since we just talked about Bellator, let's do UFC first, and then we'll do Bellator last for um, okay. for for this rankings thing. And happy New Year to everyone that is listening to the Wayne In podcast. We want to thank you all who supported us for the 2021 year, including MyBookie.ag. Also, when you guys go to MyBookie.ag, use that promo code Wayne In. They're going to give you some extra spending cash with that QR code right there. Big John and I have been supported by them for the whole 2020 year, 2021 year, as well as 2020. They came in and started supporting us then as well. We want to thank them so much for standing by us and sticking through us through that whole 2021 year as well. Here we are going into 2022. There's a lot of big fights coming up, a lot of big events that will be taking place. You've got also the Super Bowl that's coming around. You've got the NBA Finals and the playoffs. You've got a lot of things that you can bet on throughout at mybookie.ag. If you guys use that promo code and that QR code right there, they're going to give you a little extra spending cash on us because we love the fact that you guys continue to support us. John and I use them. We also like to give our breakdowns for all the fights using mybookie.ag. If you guys use that promo code, like I said, they're going to give you some extra spending cash for your first initial deposit. And look, we are very thankful to them because they have actually helped bring us to the next level in the gambling sites as well as on all of our stuff. It's made John and I really focus on making sure we're encouraging our listeners to make sure that they're making proper bets and bringing the knowledge to you guys so you guys can understand that there's in-between round betting, that there's betting on each fight. There's also submissions. There's also knockouts. There's also different rounds that you can win on. There's ways for us to go ahead and break down the fight so you can always try to make sure you turn a dollar into $100, $100 into $1,000, whatever it is. That's what we try to do. And we do that through mybookie.ag and use that promo code Wayne in. I want to thank you guys so much for supporting us and let's take it on in 2022. All right, so we're we're taking. Are we just going to go? Let's go. Let's go from the 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 flyweights. Let's see the flyweight division. Right here. All right, right there, man. Dun dun dun, flyweights. So you got at, you got a you have the big fight coming up, and I'm not talking about the championship fight, mm-hmm. but you've got Kai Car of France who just beat Cody Garbrandt. He's going to be going against Asker Askarov. Yes, that's a hell of a fight. That's what you want to see. See, that's a fight that I'm interested in seeing, but Askar Askarov, I think, is going to be your champion. I'm predicting it right now by the end of 2022. By okay. the end of 2022, he'll be your champion. And nothing against Brandon Moreno. I think I think they're going to actually have a phenomenal fight between each other, but I think Askarov will end up eventually being the champion at the end of 2022. Just style Very good it, chance. Just stylistically, he's a bad matchup for every, some, every single person in that division. I think... Uh, the rest of them that are there, they have a lot of things that they need to work on to get to that level of where Askarov is fighting right now. He's just on a different level right now. I think Brandon Moreno is the only one that's going to give him a really tough go. Outside of that, I think the rest of them, I don't think they have. Ah, Pantoja, Pantoja is going to be there too. He just doesn't pull the trigger, John. He's a fighter. I that- agree with you. That it's Sometimes he holds back, yep. and that is a problem when you're watching him fight. But, man, you talk about a guy who's good on the feet, good on the ground. He's got the full game. 
it's up here. It's yeah. that belief. And that's the big difference. This is a guy that has beaten Brandon Moreno. He's beaten him. Yeah, we, we have, and I, don't, honest, I don't like to talk about the past, bro. <laughs> I honestly believe right now if you, if they were going to face each other, Brandon Moreno would be the guy with the more confidence. And that's a problem. That's that's, you know, and this is what you talk about. Sometimes as a fighter, everyone can believe in you. Everyone can think of how wonderful you are. Everyone can be telling you you're the greatest. It doesn't matter if you don't believe it. Yeah, like I said when we did the the Q&A the other day, that was the most the mental part of it of believing in yourself is the most important part of combat sports. Yeah. And so the fact that Brandon Moreno, he's someone that lacks the he he doesn't lack that. He no. He believes in himself and that's what he needs to be if you're going to be champion. Look, if we get to 135, <clears throat> no one believes that Aljo's going to be the champion at the end of this year unless he just continues to drag this thing out, you know, where he doesn't fight. So, I mean, I'm looking at Peter Yan being the champion, and if you're looking at stylistically who in there that's going to give him a hard a hard fight, <clears throat> I have two guys that are going to give him a hard fight. I think TJ Dillashaw is going to give him a tough go. He's going to give Peter Yan a tough go, <clears throat> and I think uh, Marav, will get, Marav will give him a tough go. Those are the only two guys that I think would that would be able to to test him at all to potentially get his title from him. Hmm. We weren't supposed to talk about the bantamweights. I'm not. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's right. I totally skipped it. <laughs> okay, okay. But I mean, who, who let's you, go to the featherweights. No, but John, I want to hear who do you think is going to be the champion in the UFC in that 135 pound division at the end of the year? Peter Yan. Peter Yan. Yeah. Okay, I can go with that. I'm, I just do. Yeah, I think so. I would imagine. Um, do, I guess here. Let me ask you this though: Do you think he should go up to 145 if he beats after he beats if he beats Aljo and then he beats T.J. Dillashaw? There's no one really else left for him in that division that's really making a good run. Do you think he should go to to 45? I would love to see him go to 45, but I do not. He's not that big a guy. No. And so you know, when I when I look at him going up in weight, I go, ah, uh, you know, there's guys out there. You know, it's like. I think the Volkanovski fight in him would be just just a barn burner. It would be just so fun to watch. But then I watch a guy like Holloway with the length that he has. Holloway's so much longer than Jan. I think he would cause a problem for him. Same with Yair Rodriguez, I think, would cause problems yeah. for him. There's, there's guys out there just based upon the physical size that would give him problems. So I would love to see him face Volkanovski and then go back to the Bantamweights. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, in that in that in that one forty five pound division, who's going to be the champion at the end of the year? <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I just you got to be honest and take a look and say, right now, based upon the way that you know he has been fighting and everything, there's there's one guy I think that can beat Alexander Volkanovsky, and that's Max Holloway, and he hasn't been able to do it. I thought he did it the second time. The judges didn't give it to him, but. That's the that's the fight that if you're going to say who's the guy that can put Volkanovski on his heels at time and cause him the problems that can get a win, I just see it as Max Holloway, and I don't see anybody else being able to put Volkanovski in that position right now. Yeah, not out of the featherweights. No, John, I couldn't agree with you more in terms of you know the real challenge. I think for Volkanovski would just be Max, but I think Volkanovski. Being the fighter that he is, he's progressively gotten better since their fights. And, and the the amount of trouble that Max had with Yair Rodriguez. Now, I know they're completely different fighters, and that's the MMA math yeah. we're talking about. Completely different fighters. 
But in fights like that, you start kind of second guessing your style. You start second guessing, like you know, that's where the confidence is, and where you're 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 wondering if 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 people are catching on to how to beat you. Because how did Yair beat him? He beat him kind of the same way he didn't, that the, he didn't beat him. No, no. So how how did Yair <laughs> how did Yair make him fight? Touch him at a different yeah. fight. How did he make him fight at a different fight? He started he started early on the calf kick, and he went to the legs quite a bit. That changed the dynamic of the fight. That if you go back and you watch Volkanovski's first fight with him, it was the leg Same kicks. Thing. It was over and over and over the leg kicks. That style is going to be hard for Max to to change because that's who he is. He's the he likes to tout that he's the best boxer. Well, this is not boxing. And that leg kick and that calf kick has changed the game and the sport itself in 2020 and 2021 or 20 yeah 2021. Yeah. They've it's changed the game, and so people now are finally starting to figure out how to potentially beat Max Holloway, and it's that calf kick, that leg kick, and that calf kick is going to be is going to be the difference. And so I think Volk <clears throat> utilizing that in his first fight, and then probably going back to it if they do were to fight again in the third fight, he's going to have success. And the fact that he has gotten so much better also since then, I mean, not that Max hasn't, it's just that he started the the game, the footprint is starting to be laid out on how to fight Max Holloway. That's gonna be harder. Could be. Um, Interesting. All right. Well, let's get into. Let's go, let's go light. Let's let's. Okay. Is Charles Oliveira gonna be the champion, or who else do you think is gonna be the champion at the end of that? The end of this year. That's it's so unfair to say because it's just. I mean, <laughs> you, you're talking about a murderer's row, and when we do, we, we weren't allowed to talk about the bantamweights. Well, this would be the the equivalent right mm-hmm. here, in that the Charles has proven, man. He's he is des- very deserving of that belt. He has uh, had an incredible performance to win it. He had an incredible performance to defend it against Poirier. He's going to have got Justin Gaethje, which I think is a great matchup. You know, for both of them, it's going to be a very interesting fight. You got Makachev sitting there in the uh, background, going to be fighting uh, Dariush, and you've always got that other guy sitting, you know, far down at number nine now in. Conor McGregor that you know if the UFC can get you know a, a fight out of him where he gets the win they're going to want to put him back in that title shot because he puts butts in the seats and people want to see him and so that's that's one where if you don't fight a great fight you're going to lose that title and I don't care who you are be you Charles Oliveira or if you're Justin Gaethje and you win it or you know if you're Makachev you have always got to be fighting just in a, at an incredible level with the guys that they're going to be putting against you. And so there's, there's to sit there and say, is Charles Oliveira going to be the champion at the end of 2022? I would say the odds are against it. You just look at the percentages, you know, who's defended that title so many times, you know, not that many, you know, three. Yeah. We're talking three title defenses. And so could he do it? He could definitely do it. But it's not going to be easy. No, it's not going to be easy. Um, his kryptonite is going to be Islam Makachev, and that's the only guy that I see. And 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 as much as I know everyone, and, and I like, I pat myself on the back and I say I'm a homer. But in this situation, I'm not a homer because I've I've dealt with Islam, and people have talked about. <clears throat> I've talked about his ability on the ground, and when I say that they are, ju- he is just as good as <clears throat> as Oliveira on the ground. I mean it stylistically the strength the jiu-jitsu factor islam will not be intimidated by the grappling aspect of this at all 
there is not a chance that he will feel overwhelmed and nervous about going to the ground with Charles Oliveira. Other fighters, I couldn't have said that about. Look, Joe Rogan had brought up something about that <clears throat> stylistically that Charles Oliveira would have been a little bit dangerous for Khabib, and I would have to agree. And I said that about Tony Ferguson back when they were supposed to fight for the fifth time. Okay, <clears throat> I said that Tony brought a jiu-jitsu aspect that in camp that, that Khabib and I had talked about several times because the, of his, his, his range in that Darce choke, his guillotines, those were the things that Khabib was concerned about training for that fight because of the style of which he got the double legs, the single legs, had to make sure that his neck was always clean and clear. That was something that he was concerned about. It wasn't a huge concern. He's like, no, no, I've been through this situation plenty. But it was something we really spent a lot of time attacking, attacking, attacking was the Darce, the Anacondas, and the guillotines when when facing Tony Ferguson. Now, <clears throat> now getting ready for Charles Oliveira, Khabib, would it would have been another type preparation that he would have had to have made some adjustments. Islam doesn't have to make those adjustments because on the ground, he is phenomenal. His jiu-jitsu is is up there at the top. I'm telling people right now, it's not just the wrestling, it's the jiu-jitsu aspect of it as well. He is up there at the very top, and he is physically strong when he utilizes all of his submissions as well. That, to me, is I think you're going to see Islam end up being the champion. Now, he's got to get past Dariush, I understand that, and he's going to have to get past Oliveira or Gaethje, whoever wins that fight. But I would have to agree with you, John, that I don't see Charles Oliveira being the champion at the end of 2022. Not that he couldn't be. I just think nope. that... He 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 is he is known to take shots. He got dropped by Dustin Poirier. He got dropped by Chandler. Justin Gaethje is stylistically he will land some shots, and will he be able to fin finish him and put him away? Justin Gaethje is a finisher. That's what he does, you know. And so that right there scares me a little bit. And then you get him in there against someone like an Islam Makachev or a Dariush, who are who is tall, long, and lanky. Both those guys are very big for the size for the weight class. That right there is going to make it a fun fight. The history has shown. Three title defenses in that weight class is very tough to do. So, yeah, uh, yeah but I'm going to lean towards Islam being the champion at the end of 2022. Yeah, well, it's there's no doubt Oliveira has got to figure out. You know, he, he, he likes to utilize the jab. And in Justin Gaethje, it's just a known fact that, hey, when you throw the jab, he's going to be throwing a right uppercut, left hook over the top. Yeah. That's what he does. And so be prepared for it. Be, have the answer. For what you're going to do before it ever happens. Because if not, Justin's going to be landing one of those and it's going to be lights out. Um, okay, so I guess I guess for me, look, there's there's only a certain amount of fights every that I think that we should talk about in terms of what fights to see in this year. And I, just to be honest, this is the weight class that I think has the fight that everyone needs to see. <clears throat> Kamaru Usman versus Chemaev. That's really the fight that in this weight class it just needs to happen. It needs to happen, John. Like when you're talking, jumping it, baby. You gotta jump. You gotta like. He's already beat Colby Covington, uh, Gilbert Burns. He's beaten Leon Edwards, but that fight should happen, I believe. Trevor Whitman's came out. Colby and said, Covington says it should be a best of seven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bilal Muhammad making a run. I mean, I, I don't think he's yeah. ready for for Kamar Usman right now. Not stylistically, it's not even close. Uh, Masvidal, he's beaten twice. You know, Stephen Thompson's taking a step back. Neil Magny, Sean Brady. Sean Brady's got a long ways to go before he gets there. You look at Chimaev, Chimaev and the hype and all that's surrounded around him. I'd say it's going to be him. Like, that's the fight. When I, I don't want to talk about any other fights in this weight class. I want to talk about Chemaev and Kamaru Usman. It's really the, the fight. The real question is this. 
Who are they going to put Shemaev? Because it's not going to be against Usman right away. But who are they going to put Shemaev against next? Because that's going to be the, the one that's going to launch him forward or slow him down and put him back to the, you know, the position where he's at. If he if he has a hard time, and you know, and it, we're thinking it could possibly be Neil Magny. You know, Vicente Luque has put his name in there a little bit. Bilal has put his name in there, saying, you know, hey, I'll, I'll I'll sign the contract right now. If he has an impressive performance, one that is, you know, not not even as impressive as what he's done in the past, but an impressive performance, that's what's going to push him forward, and then they're gonna they're gonna jump him right up into that. Kamara Usman thing. So if if he has a great fight in his next one, you will see Chimaev against Usman somewhere in 2022. Who wins that fight? You know, right now, I'm going to tell you it's even. I really believe it is. And and why I say that is like I've seen Chimaev and I've seen his stand up and it's clean. I do think that um Kamaro has more pure power. I think Chimaev has got very clean stand-up, and I think Usman's is getting better, but he's got the more power. It's kind of like the Cyril Gon versus Ngannou effect. But the wrestling-wise, Kamaro has lived off of his wrestling. He has got, I believe, a 100% takedown defense that no one's ever taken him down. This will be the one guy that really tries. And, and how do you do off of your back? We've seen... You know, I've seen footage, you've seen footage of Kamaro in some scrambles when he was, you know, with some certain guys that we know are, are good with wrestling. But, you know, when, everyone's different when their back hits hits the mat mm-hmm. and when you're not used to being there. And Kamaro is definitely not used to being there. Now, is Chimaev that used to be in there either? I'm not, I'm not too sure that his mm-hmm. back has seen the mat that much. Normally, he's the guy in the top position, so... There's a lot of unanswered things here, but right now I would say I'm I'm close to even. I would give Kamaro the the factor that he's the champion. I'd put him; he'd be the odds-on favorite to win it. But it would be a close fight. Yeah, I got uh, the verdict for me is still out on Chamayev. Do I think he's good? Yes. Do I think he's a good wrestler? Yes. Do I think he's a dog when it comes to being on the feet. I think so as well. But I need to see more. I need more of a sample pool against top level. Oh, people. it's coming! And it's coming! And it's coming! It's coming! I, but I think for me to have to finally get to the believing stage on him is I want to see him beat a Vicente Luque or a Gilbert Burns. That's what I need to see. I need to see that style of fight. If you want to get all the way up to Colby Covington, go right ahead. Okay, but I mean, oh, yeah. I want I want to see you beat a Vicente Luque. That's who I want to see you beat. That's that that yeah. level that level of competition right there. And to me, Vicente is a very tough fight for him. You know, yeah. and so Vicente is a tough fight for anybody. Yeah, that's the fight, and I want to see Vicente. I want to see Vicente make a run, also. But is Vicente a big enough name for him to catapult him into a title shot? Now, for us, it is, but for the casual fan at home, going who? That's the like who? That's what they're gonna say. They're, Come on, they're gonna say so. Chimaya Vicente be- Luque has been in some. Freaking battle. I agree. I, that dude is a savage. I agree, John. He's phenomenal, and I think he is. But the the casual fan at home is gonna go who? Yeah. And that's the problem. Like it's, now, if you put him against Colby point. or Gilbert, who has had a little bit more of a, they've had a little bit more of name recognition, I think, than Vicente. Then I think you're then you're you're, you're catapulting him right into that 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 title talk. We'll see. Um, Robert Whitaker and uh, Israel out of science. Look in this whole in this 185 pound division, I really don't know what to do with Izzy. If he beats Whitaker, realistically, it's like I would like to just see him go to 205 permanently. No, 
All right. Well, then no. <laughs> well, I say I say no. Like, what's the what's the reason? He's not a physically. Yeah. He's he's tall, but he doesn't have a big frame. Yeah. So why am I going to you know have a guy put on weight when he is fighting exactly where he belongs? There's just no one in there for him to fight anymore. I would love to see him fight Cannoneer. I think it'd be Cannoneer's the guy that can put pressure on him. I'm not saying the Cannoneer's you know a better fighter. I'm not saying that he's going to get the win. But there's definitely the possibility because Cannoneer is a guy that's going to come forward and guys that come forward. Izzy, if you can keep him on his back foot, you know, as we've seen in kickboxing at times with certain guys, he can pick guys apart, but he can also start to get a little tired in it. And so I think Cannoneer would be a fun fight to watch. And I honestly, people can say what they want. I think Sean Strickland right now is gaining that confidence in his abilities. He knows that he can fight. He's a tough son of a bitch. And he's got that, I'll t- I'll take two of yours to land one of mine attitude. He's a guy I would like to see some, you know, if, if he continues winning, I'd like to see him get that shot. Who was the guy that beat Izzy in kickboxing? What was his name again? Uh, there's been several. You're talking about Alex Pahan? Yeah. They knocked him out. Yeah, so he is now in the yeah. UFC, right? He's now, he yep. just came off of a yep. great knockout to his last fight. Yep. So you yep. could look for that fight to potentially start to take shape oh, yes. by September, October, as long as Pahea can continue to win. Yeah, if Pahea can get two more wins. Yeah. Now, if we get into the 205-pound division. As- so, Josh, let me just stop you there. So what we'll do, um, for the sake of time, we'll save the other five okay. divisions for the midweek show. Okay. Um, and, we'll, and we'll do we'll go into Bellator and we'll do four divisions from Bellator okay. and we'll save the other five from Bellator for the midweek show as well. Let's go. Let's do it. So let's hop into the women's featherweight in Bellator. Okay. We'll start. We'll go backwards on this one just to get just to mix it up a little bit. All right. <clears throat> Look, there's there in the featherweight division for for the women. There's only one fight to make right now. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, there's only one fight. There's there's actually two. There's actually two, John. Yeah, there's two. Well, one one's not one doesn't have someone. Yeah, one's on. yeah, that's the other one. So, but yeah, there's only one. There's, you basically have Kat Zingano versus Chris Cyborg. That's the only fight to make yes. in that division. Now there is the Kayla Harrison, you know, uh, hitch that is poten- sweepstakes. sweepstakes that's potentially available, and hopefully that all comes to fruition before March, before they start their new term. I'll tell style. you what, Juliana Pena put a big old dent. Yeah, in that one, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, but still, I, th- I look, it's true. I could see you're going to the UFC, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think stylistically the Juliana Pena fight and her makes for a fun fight. But I would love, of course, I'm going to be selfish. I want to see Kayla Harrison fight Cyborg. That's just me. I'm going to be selfish. That's, and, John, I know you're selfish, too, because we've talked about our selfishness. We like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, But that's, you know, realistically, that's the only fight to make in this whole in this whole conversation. That's it. Yeah, you, you Leslie look at Leslie Smith has fought Cyborg twice, had a great uh, second run at her, but you know that that one's kind of gone by. Arlene, I, at this point, I'm not sure that that's a great fight for her to take on Cyborg. Cat has never fought her, and that's the one she's got the wrestling. Mm-hmm. And if Cat can utilize that wrestling and make it a grind, she could get a win. And you go down the list there, and you know, lovely McCourt, sweetheart. She's really, you know, improving all the time, but she's got a lot of improvement to continue on with before she's ready for Cyborg in that fight. Janae Harding, you know, lover, great stand-up, but doesn't have the power to stay with Cyborg and doesn't have the ground. And so you just take a look. There's no one there. It's Cat. Cat's the only one. That's the fight. That's it. Next. What other? Women's flyweight. Uh, Yeah. 
I mean, look. There's so much here. Yeah, there's a lot that, that needs to happen. I think, look, Liz Carmouche needs to fight Juliana Velasquez. Juliana Velasquez is a, just a yes. stone-cold killer. Undefeated 12-0. and 0. Um, Alima Lane McFarland, she's, I think, taking a little bit of a sabbatical. It's some time away from the sport. She's getting herself back into it. But she's yep. focusing on some other things right now. So That's okay. Yeah, and that's good. She needed that because she exploded on the scene really yeah. fast. And it just and she had a lot of pressure. Had a lot of pressure on her. And she did a lot of great things for Bellator in terms of you know bringing it back to Hawaii you know, fighting in front of, you know, her, her hometown. It was, it was just fabulous for her. Uh, and also for us as, as Bellator commentators and the Bellator promotion itself. Denise Kilholtz is that, is that person though, that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing fight some more is. Dude, I love Denise. She is a. Miss Dynamite. She is a dog, man. I cannot wait to watch her fight again. Her and Liz to me, I think would be a good fight. You know, be a great that'd fight. be a great fight. That fight could be there. And then Katna, uh, Kana Watanabe, her, and then potentially uh, Denise Kilholtz, that fight can be there. Like, you've got a lot of, like, little mixtures in there. The one that really shocked... I'd like to see Kana Watanabe and, De- and Deanna Bennett. Ooh, yeah, that's true. That might be a yeah. good little fight there, huh? That would be a good, good one. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, th- look, to me, the fight, though, to make is Liz Carmouche and Juliana Velasquez. That's the fight that needs to happen. And, and then you got Denise and maybe Watanabe, or you got Denise and just waiting to see who's next after that. So, yeah. next... All right, let's talk about the Bellator heavyweights. Look, the, John, the guy, the guy that realistically right now that to me is shown that he is really to kind of he's feel, finally feeling at home is Linton Vassell. He's found his <laughs> home at heavyweight. He's comfortable there. His performances have, have been phenomenal there. He's going to be someone's going to be hard to deal with. I mean, look, look, you've got certain fighters that are in there that I I think that. Um, the what's uh the former champion uh minikoff former minikoff he just yeah. can't he has visa problems got issues that like it's like you're having issues with him because of his because of you know his work and whatever he does over in russia but it's hard for him to get to the states and defend his title or his former title you know but like yeah but you and you could tell just from his last yeah. performance just take a look at his body yeah and the time that he put it's he's uh, it's kind of going off onto the the latter stage of the career. Yep, this is yeah. His life is moving on to to something else now. Yep. It's already taken over, and you can see that. I think Linton Vassell though has a good chance to make a really good and tough run. This is this is in that mix. You got Fedor. He's got one more fight. Look, there's one more fight on his contract. I think you're gonna end up seeing it in Moscow. Um, that's the talk and the buzz. I think amongst Bellator's that they're really gonna look forward to making that fight happen in Moscow on a big big stage big uh, situation for him to, to for his farewell fight and that would be it moldovsky is his runner-up you got czech congo who's still in that mix believe it or not and um you know but we're gonna see what happens with the, the ryan bader and moldovsky fight in the interim champion and the champion so next all right well let's wrap this up with bellator light heavyweights this is this is the weight class right here dude. this is the one because you can take a look at everything that's happened and they have the tournament even after this tournament, no matter if Vadim Nemkov beats Corey Anderson or Corey Anderson beats Nemkov, you still have some great fights here that need to take place. But people need to get healthy. You know, Anthony Rumble Johnson coming back, um, taking a look at Yoel Romero and what he's going to do and stuff. You know, there's all kinds of what ifs in here. Phil Davis is still looking very good and just performing very well at this point. So. You know, Corey, Corey Anderson against Phil Davis is another one you're looking at as far as possible matchups. This division is still, even though they've got the Grand Prix playing out with Vadim going against Corey, whoever wins it 
there's still some good fights and matchups in there that that need to be seen to really say this guy he's the number one. Look, I'm going to throw a huge wrench in this whole thing. Whoever wins this tournament needs to fight Gegard Mousasi. That's it. I, whoever wins this tournament, that's the only fight I want to see. I want to see Gegard fight the winner of this tournament. That's what I want to see. I'm so mad that Gegard wasn't in this tournament. He should have been in. Yeah. yeah. You know? He should have been. should have been. You're right. All right. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our first show of 2022. It feels so weird to say that. <laughs> that <laughs> say, God damn, we're old. We are old. Oh. oh. No, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm old. But before we get started, before before we get started, before we leave you guys, before we get started on this new 2022 year, uh, new year, we want to say thank you guys for all the support you've given us. But let's get ready to tackle this year. Let's grow this show. Let's share our content. Let's hit the subscribe button. Share all of our stuff. Look, hit our our our, our, our audio feeds. Okay, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Hit us up on there as well and listen to us in traffic. We want to thank you guys so much uh, for supporting us. And let's crush this 2022, Big John. Let's do it. Killing it. Everybody out there, have a phenomenal year. Do something great and do something great for somebody else if you get the chat. If you get the chance, we will all see you later.